What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And happy Black History Month, you know? Like, yep, we gotta show Black History some love. Because, uh, well, for starters, you know, I'm African American. And uh, I really do appreciate just everyone who's come before me and has allowed us to get to this point. And hopefully, we'll just continue to progress forward. Um, so, with all that being said, let's go ahead and progress forward right on into the show. Alright, half one. So we had a nice little 12-player trade take place. Um, I'm only going to focus, though, on the Rockets and the Hawks in this one. Uh, But the Timberwolves were in that trade as well. And the reason why I wanted to uh, specify on just those two teams, because they won it. Like, I personally think they won. So the Rockets, they get Robert Covington, who, a.k.a. Rocco. Um, and you know, he's a pretty good perimeter defender and he can shoot three pretty well. So he's a quality three and D player. Uh, he, and nowadays since they're small ball, meaning like the bigs really aren't as big as they were, like you're not playing two bigs at one time. Um, he can play three, he can play small forward and power forward. Now they did give up Clint Capella, uh, Clint Capella, but it's okay because the Rockets are usually known for just shooting threes and jacking up threes. I mean, they actually won a game recently, and they were playing it like the players where n- nobody was taller than six six. And again, they won. Like that's the first time that really occurred since 1963. So the small ball lineup can work. I mean, Golden State has shown that because we called that the death lineup when you had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, and Draymond Green. So, I mean, when you have Russ, James Harden, I mean, Harden, Eric Gordon, Rocco, and P.J. Tucker, that can kind of re- that can kind of replicate what, uh, the, what the Warriors did back in the day. So, I mean, all in all, I don't think, I don't know if they'll win it this year. Um, they could though. They could get hot. They ha- and Harden has to play well. Like has to. Like, he has to play the way he's been doing in the season. Very efficient. And then they'll have a shot. So I mean, this this is gonna be a nice little experiment for the uh, Rockets. And then on the Hawks side, I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep it a whole buck with you. Like getting Clint Capella, that boosts their interior defense. And on top of that, it kind of get Clint, it kind of gives Clint Capella like a. Uh, career revitalization right like he'll be able like he'll have a spike now in points meaning like he'll have more points per game um because he'll be utilized more when they when he was on the Rockets they were doing more iso ball they got away from the pick and roll game when he's going to the Hawks now he'll be in the pick and roll game with Trey Young so I mean it'll kind of replicate what they were doing back in the day so like when Clint Capella was an all-star caliber player and people were saying, oh, well, he can be potentially special and this, that, and third. I didn't think he was more than what he's been shown to, to have now, like just a pick-and-roll player, personally, and, and a decent defender. But that's just me. But I think this move also makes the Hawks a playoff team next year. So this move is going to be great for them next year. I mean, you have John Collins, who's now going to be able to focus more offensively, who he can still defend, but his best attribute is on the offensive end so 
I think this actually helps out the Hawks. Like they're actually going to be a good team. And then the, in the next three years, you might they might be a scary team. They might you also might not see Clint Capella on this team. Side note. But you know, it is what it is. 2021 will be very interesting. Speaking of 2021, Andre Iguodala, Iggy, ladies and gentlemen. He is now on the Heat, and he has a two-year contract for 30 mil. Um, Iggy boasts your defense, helps your bench, and provides leadership on the team. He brings you a championship mindset to this already winning culture. Mind you, this move does not make the Heat the odds-on favorites to win the championship this year. It doesn't. But it gets them closer to landing top-tier players like People actually like Iggy. They do. So when you're picking a team that you might want to go to, you got a winning culture in the Heat. You got a great competitor in Jimmy Butler. You have a great winning mindset in Iguodala. Like, it helps them out immensely. And the trade for Iguodala, because like I said, he's on the Heat. And the... And the uh, and the Miami Heat in return gave up Justice Winslow. So Justice Winslow is now on the Grizzlies. And that actually helps out the Grizzlies as well. Like, Justice Winslow is a do-it-your-all small forward. Pairing him with Ja Morant, who really, I don't need to really mention how special this rookie really is, right? But you also have Dylan Brooks, who's a big guard, which helps out on the defensive end. And he's shown good scoring capability ever since his college days, right? And then on top of that, you throw Jaron Jackson Jr., who, let's just say, can be a better version of Marcus Aldridge, who LaMarcus Aldridge was on the all-decade team. I don't agree, but at the same time, I understand why some might put him there. I mean, that's the type of teams that they have. So the Grizzlies also did a good job in this trade, as well as the Heat. All around, I think the teams did decently. Um... Like I said, 2021, that might be the best year of NBA we've ever seen. Alright, so we're going to bring back the halftime. So, you know, I got my popcorn ready. I got my juice on deck. Now I'm playing. That was going to sound like I was starting to rap. <laughs> nah, so halftime, I'm going to give a shout out to the, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You know, they are the new Super Bowl champs and Super Bowl MVP. So, with that being said, salute to you guys. Um, Mahomes might be the face of the NFL now. Like, it's weird. Like, not weird. I mean, he has a championship now. Some call him the best QB talent ever. Um, and when I say some, I mean some analysts. Um, and, and fans. Um, then you go with the whole human aspect of the situation. Like, in today's society, it sucks to say, but... Lighter skin is usually more accepted than the darker skin players. So, I mean, case in point, Patrick Mahomes is going to be received more than Lamar, Jack- uh, than, uh, than Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, he's he has that boating for him very nicely on top of that of his talent. It, it, it makes sense why he'll be more marketable, right? Like I said, in th- that, that's, just how today's, that's just how today's society works. Like... I've personally seen that happen where whether it's you're dealing with policemen or whether you're dealing with 
just random folks in the street just you are going to be received differently and then on top of that if you throw on the fact you have dreads oh you're looked at weirdly like i grew out my hair one time and i know people looked at me a little differently and then i also would see though how they would look at somebody else and they would be darker skin and it would be worse like it's not an all the time thing mind you but it happens enough to the point where it's recognizable so patrick mahomes is going to be received as the face of the nfl he'll be marketed as such and it'll be interesting to see how if lamar jackson and let's say for example if lamar jackson wins like the next two super bowls right how will that be received in in, in the world nowadays will people have an issue with that like it, it, it'll be interesting to see personally i'm not trying to make this about race how, however race does play a, a big factor in today's society so be on the lookout for how pat mahomes will be perceived by the nfl and lamar jackson Alright, so have to, I'm going to hit you with two of them things. For starters, we had John Morant versus Steph Curry. That's right, I said John Morant versus Steph Curry. And then I also have Zion versus Giannis. Like, two quality battles, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we really looking pretty solid. Now, John Morant versus Steph Curry. No, I'm not talking about them playing against one another. I'm talking about a nice little Twitter battle that was had. And it pretty much, it was like a little back and forth on social media. Um, John Morant engaged about tweets of Andre Iguodala basically long story short Andre Iguodala did not want to be in Memphis and he has not played a game this year for Memphis so you know like Dylan Brooks goes on record for saying hey like if he doesn't want to be here that's cool I can't wait to see him so we can pretty much like whip his ass like, like based on all this I'm paraphrasing but that's pretty much what we're talking about and then um Ja kind of like retweets it so then Steph posts Iggy's championship on like his IG story and Ja responds with a picture of KD with a championship trophy so what Steph is saying is hey like you know like respect my man he's a champion this that and the third like who the fuck are you and then Ja's like bro y'all wouldn't have won and been this dynasty if it wasn't for KD so there's that kind of back and forth bar that's going on and I don't think it's disrespectful by anybody like at the end of the day Jabba Rant is a supporter of Steph Curry. I mean, he's shown that. He's tweeted a few things back in the day that just, you know, say, like, hey, you know, like, he respects Curry, uh, this, that, and the third. He's just trying to get a point across that he's not scared of Curry either. Like, I get it. As a rookie, you got you can't back down. Um, you're trying to make a name for yourself. It's cool. And he didn't go over the top. Like, it wasn't anything OD. He didn't say, like, oh, Steph, you're trash or this, that, and third. He was like, yo, bro, like, you had, like, yo, bro, you. You had KD on your squad, like, don't do that too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would, it might, it might be a different story. I like it. I fuck with it. Like, that's gonna be a good little battle. I'm sure that I'm sure the the stations will sit there and try to hype up that matchup, but it's not gonna be beef or anything like that. Now Zion versus Giannis. I ain't gonna hold you. This is probably going to be the most exciting matchup for the next 5 to 10 years. Barring any injuries, of course. I just see, like, like both of these players are going to be special. Like, special. They are freak athletes. And to me, Giannis comes off more like the MJ-Kobe mindset. And Zion comes off more like 
the LeBron magic mindset. Like Zion just loves to have fun with, in basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he plays hard. He loves to have fun. Um, and then Giannis just seems serious. He always he tries hard all the time. He just seems serious. Like and mind you, like I said, both of them try hard. It's just their personalities are a little bit different. And I like that. Like I I really do hope they remain healthy because Zion in his prime, we're going to see against Giannis. And I think Zion in his prime, he's going to get a right hand. Like when he was going up against Giannis, he was trying to get back to his left hand and he I think he realized that's not going to work. He has to develop that right hand. That's going to take him to the next level. And they both have shown that they're not scared of the big moment. Like they, they don't mind shooting the ball. Like they, I, Giannis has been improving, and Zion came out the gate showing, hey, I, I can, I can shoot. Like all these, I will shoot. So you have to respect both, and then they can drive, they can play make. Like they, they both have aggressiveness. It, it is going to be truly remarkable seeing these two players continue to battle it out like at first i was thinking it might be Giannis versus luca no i think it's Giannis versus zion that's going to be the most engaging matchup that we see over the next five to ten years easily like again i, I yeah like I, that that's all i gotta say on that matter like like if if there was a 10 game series Comparing Zion versus Giannis. And let's take Zion's team now versus Giannis's team now. I think Zion's team would win 7 out of the 10 series. I, do, I really do. I really do. You put, the best, you put the best of everybody's years, the Pelicans win. They have the better team. And then also, I think Zion outplays Giannis. I really do. Because Zion doesn't... You don't need the ball in his hands. And he can score when he has the ball in his hands as well as playmate. Giannis can't really stay off ball, you know. So I like the Pelicans, and I kind of like Zion right now. Like, I, I really do. Maybe I'm biased because he went to Duke, but that's just me. All right, everybody. But that's all the time I had. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Continue to subscribe. Continue to share it to anybody who's anybody. Again, like your mom, your dad. Your sister, your brother, your auntie, your barber shop—I mean, your barber, your your grocery people, like whomever—I don't care. Just continue to share it. Also, follow me on Instagram at get underscore a underscore bucket underscore pod, and also just continue to watch out as I, I I am again trying to get on YouTube very soon. So just be on the lookout and notification for, and notification for that. All right, hope you guys have a wonderful week. See you.